Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. I'm Chris Delano. And I'm Carrie Thomas. And we are here, we are uh, gonna talk about the last two episodes of the Murders at Karlov Manor story. When you're looking, not looking, listening, that's the thing you do with the ears, this is a podcast, <laughs> not a video. Uh, when you are listening to this episode, uh, the full set of Murders at Karlov Manor and the commander decks, the four commander decks, and the the Murders at Karlov Manor Cluedo edition, uh, it's all going to be previewed. All the cards are going to be out. Um, we'll have our flavor gems in, I think, a couple weeks is when it's scheduled. Um, set seems very cool. Very excited. Uh, a lot of good jokes. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, so I hope folks are enjoying that. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, the, the recurring news items that we have a panel at Magicon Chicago, 11 a.m. on Saturday. We don't know what episode of the Vorthos cast might be someone's first. So we're announcing this every episode. Uh, we're excited. We hope you all are excited. We're going to talk about uh, outlaws and scoundrels and ne'er-do-wells throughout the multiverse. Uh, who are still at large running around out there. You show up anywhere thanks to the Omen Paths. Yep. So keep your eyes peeled. We're getting the Omen Paths Road Gallery, and if you also like freezing in Chicago in February, then you can be there too. Oh, does it get cold in Chicago? It gets a little chilly. Um, <laughs> not as bad as Cleveland, the Windy City, but, you know. As a as someone who lives in Atlanta, where it never really gets like that cold, except for maybe like one day a year, uh, y'all have no idea how excited I am. I've got like coats on coats. Oh, you're and ready. You're and, ready to fashion <laughs> it up instead of freezing I, on the way to our train. Y'all, I've I've been ready for this for years. I love going to Chicago in the winter. It's like my favorite time to be there. I love being surrounded by ice and disgusting remnants of snow that are full of stuff that you just cannot identify and should not and do not want to identify it's it's gonna be great i love it i love it love chicago and i will be trying to decide whether i'm packing green bay packers gear or not <laughs> uh, you gotta be careful just wear a bunch of layers you know over it so you can like peel it off when you're in a safe i mean location. it's not philly so i'm not worried about my immediate health because i know all the bears fans are gonna be really depressed about the fact that we have another good quarterback and they're still trying to figure things out. So, well, I I'm looking forward to it. I've got, you know, a whole winter wardrobe. I never get to use down here in uh, Atlanta where it was 70 degrees today. Yep. January 25th, 70 degrees. Go figure. Love it. Yeah. Are we ready to dive into the story? I am so ready to talk about a bunch of murders. I think murdering is, is a thing we should talk about. I think I want to uh, start with this. Uh, I want to start this off. Why, Tristani? Why? Why can't the Celestia be the good guys just once? Just uh, once at the end of a, of a Ravnica novel or storyline. Like, why can't the Celestia just be the good guys? Was there a good guy in Return to Ravnica? Uh, Return to Jace. Ravnica. Well, no. No, we don't. I mean, I guess Amara was a good guy, but still. Yeah, I'd like Amara. I mean, spoilers for the end of the story. Amara is still the shining light of the 
<laughs> the Selesnia. But um, yeah, we're certainly in quite the situation. Uh, Alquist Proft has just revealed that the killer is Tristani, but he hasn't gotten too specific about it. So he gets to um, starting off with episode nine, Beauty and Destruction, where we left off. Uh, Proft has his wonderful monologue about piecing it all together with a little assist from Atrada, but Proft ends up asking why Tristani did it. And everybody is shocked, and by everybody, I mean the other two heads of Tristani, <laughs> because <laughs> it turns out that it was only one of the members, Oba, the aspect of life, um, and recently made middle member of Tristani, who is actually... Uh, kind of silently fuming during this point while everybody else is, you know, and in a state of shock. And so Tristani um, Oba speaks up to reveal that she acted without her sister's knowledge. She explains that she took on the full brunt of the corruption of Realmbreaker during the invasion, um, not like Phoresis itself, but just general corruption. And while she suffered and hurt holding the plane together, her victims all benefited from the invasion. And so she goes through her laundry list of people who were generally not doing their best to fight against Phyrexia, <laughs> in her humble opinion, um, with her limited IMHO. scope of knowledge. Okay. Yeah, exactly. IMHO, I, murders were justified, okay? Yes. And so <laughs> Zagana, first in of all. In my homicidal opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally, though. Uh, Zagana had been experimenting with the oil. We'll get into the finer details of that. Um, Tesa was in cahoots with Phyrexia. Interesting claim. We'll see where that goes. Um, since we as the audience have known probably otherwise since the actual March of the Machine set when we saw Tesa's card. Um, or the card that had Tesa flavor text on it. Um, Krenko was busy stealing resources and reselling them at extremely high prices, which um proud American tradition but is frowned upon in Ravnica. Where's and... Jay at? Legitimate <laughs> businessman or legitimate business gold in my foot. You know, if he was here and not such a coward, he could uh he could refute these claims, but since he's not, we can just say what we want. Yeah, and so Krenko wasn't going after people's jewelry. Like she points out that it was like, oh, this is like life and death supplies. And he was trying to make a profit from this whole invasion happening, which does kind of bring into question what happens if they lost. But we can push off that for later. Um, Kylax was a mistake kill, but he'd done some level of industrial espionage of Phyrexian te technology and was planning to ascend the it ranks kind of on the back of having reverse engineered some of this technology. Um, but it turns out Oba was mistaken and she couldn't see the whole picture of the invasion as it had played out um, because it turns out being everywhere in Ravnica doesn't mean you have every single person's perspective and piece of information. And so Zagana was acting with Vanifar's permission to try and find a cure for you know, using the Phyrexian oil. And Tesa was using Phyrexian contacts and spirits to monitor troop movements throughout Ravnica and try to actively save people, which is, again, something we had been hinted at and was kind of the issue with uh, fan theories, knowing that 
she wasn't like exactly playing the Phyrexian side. Um, <laughs> Krenka was actually looting and price gouging though, so we can't Legitimate really that one. Business goblin, all in quotes, all BS. <laughs> Where you at, Jay? Where you like, at? The one person who probably deserved it for actually acting in bad faith does get off scot-free because it turns out that Kylax got in the way. But Ralph speaks up and he's like, every, like half of the is it are guilty of industrial espionage. And Oba's like, well, maybe I should kill half the is it, <laughs> which wasn't the right dialogue choice in the moment. Um, <laughs> Everyone disliked that. Yes. Like she's already pinned as the killer and literally explaining her reasoning and the response is like, well, I think more of you actually should die because we need to start on a clean slate of Ravnica, people who are not tempted by Phyrexian technology or Phyrexian methodology or the beliefs or any of the um, influences from the invasion. We should have shut it down wholesale. Ravnica itself was at risk of being corrupted. Um, and so Aurelia attempts to use the Boros Authority to arrest Oba. Um, issue. Oba is a triad part of Tristani, one third of it. Oba reminds them that her sisters cannot be held culpable for the crimes, and thereby they can't be arrested. And since they're all one being, there's a loophole. Who would have thought that there would be a loophole in apprehending the suspect at the end of the murder mystery? A loophole in Ravnican law. Yeah. Um, kind of the shared power dynamics. And so Oba puts her sisters to sleep, not in the killing way, just like the actual sleep way, and goes wild attacking everyone. Vitugazi itself starts lashing out with roots and branches. Uh, Tulsimir does take a fatal blow defending Oba, and Atrada is stabbed through the chest. Kaya and Kellen are tossed out the building, and... Kellen, um, this is kind of the downer ending to the Omen Path arc. He does pass away midair. Um, so never yeah, got it was to a meet weird his choice. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, he fl- he flies now. He flies <laughs> now. Haha. <laughs> That's the meme. So Kellen learns that he can fly because of his fey abilities. Convenient for him to learn it in the story relevant moment. I love it. That's how it goes. But that is where we leave off with episode 9. Oba explains her reasoning, attacks literally everybody she can while trying to, um, you know, win people over. I don't know what her her (laughs) end game plan is here because she obviously can't kill everybody on Ravnica she wants to. Why not? uh, Yeah, why not? Why Why not? not? She holds the reins to Masalesnia, the world soul of the plane. Why can't she just kill anybody she wants? They deserve it. I feel like that's a little bit of a power imbalance. Yeah, she's a little OP. This um, was not a balanced encounter, I think. You know, I do think so. While we while we get to, we can discuss um, Oba's thinking here because, like, I think this was probably the most interesting guild conflict non-guild conflict reasoning they could have had for a murder mystery um i like i know brian as our selesnia podcast representative i like that they did a white green villain 
for the first time in quite a while, if ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I would still like more Seles. I would have liked more Selesnya stuff to be present um, in the past stories, so that we would have gotten like full Tristani representation mm-hmm. prior to this. Um, but I, I like the reasoning. I think it's like. It's respectful of the fact that there was literally a Phyrexian invasion. Shows the impact of that invasion. Consequences. Yeah, the world's soul was at risk. And that nature won't put up with this shit. Especially if it has a misunderstanding (laughs) of uh, who is responsible. So that's where I land on it. I like the reasoning. Um, I'm not a Selesnya apologist or an Oba apologist, but... (laughs) It was good. Yep. Hashtag Oba did nothing wrong except for the is it people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think murder is is some somewhat frowned upon. Um. That that's fair. Like realistically, no. The the I love the the shades of gray that are thrown in here. Like she had legitimate reasons as to why she was targeting these people, especially that goblin that Jay is so fond of. Um, but you know, she didn't have the whole picture as is the case with most of the actions of most of the guilds and all the magic stories that have come out so far. Now, if this was a YouTube video, this is where we clip the uh, the cool motive still murder thing from Brooklyn Nine Nine. But yeah. unfortunately, this is a podcast that people have to listen to, so we can't have a visual gag like that. Yeah, I mean, you can still put the sound clip in, but you know, uh, we get it. I, I mean, I could, but I won't. That's um. fair. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, as the Selesnya apologist. It, it, it was interesting to see the twist. I did not see it coming, but it was well executed, and I I, I apologize on the behalf of Selesnia for Oba's uh, overreach, as it were. But, you know, some people legitimately had it coming. But the one person who had it coming didn't actually get it, so I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, uh, I'll say I... From, from an in-world narrative point of view, I think this was a fascinating like way to play out the story having the killer be you know one third of tristani was fascinating having that create this problem where like they established early in the story that you can't arrest the knife that the killer used you know when like that's established like episode three or whatever when atrada is the one accused of the murder and she's like look maybe i i did kill her but like i don't remember it um you know, it's like, that's how Oba was getting away with it. It was like, hey, she's just using people to kill other people. And so it's hard to trace back to her. And then those people she used aren't held responsible. Fascinating. Um, thought that was great. I also think it's really cool to have like a motive for murder that fits really well into the Selesnian and specifically just the green white color pair. Uh, the inability to see doing things that are wrong as a way to eventually end with something right. Um, fits that color pair, I think, pretty well for like a villainous motive. Uh, it's sort of outside the text. I thought this was a really interesting reveal because we had a preview card. Uh, if you didn't go listen to our preview episode, it was a pretty good episode. Um, I know most people just look at the cards, but you can go listen to our episode where we talk about them. Uh, in the, the card we had Insidious Roots, uh, we had to know when we received that card that this was Tristani. 
right? So we we kind of, the podcast knew a little bit ahead of time that Tristani was involved. We didn't know the extent. We didn't know any details. We didn't know that it was just one third of Tristani involved. So that was a really cool experience of like also coming to that realization as everyone else is that like, oh, this is one third of this person. Like, how do we how do we manage this? How do we work with this revelation? Um, so, yeah, really cool. Love that reveal. Love Tristani's uh, or Oba's misguided reasonings, um, except for Krenko. She was just right about Krenko. Like yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone in the story is like Atrada is like, no, Tessa was a hero. And and Vanifar is like, Zagana was working with my you know blessing and was trying to cure people, not infect them. And then Krenko's like, and I did do it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like oh yeah Aurelia's like looking over at Krenko like I am going to arrest you like that's just gonna happen so it was a fun fun little reveal there I'll also just say how fucking cool it is to have mind control pollen as a thing yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. it, that is a cool fucking Selesnian tactic honestly so oh. mind control and green white win wizards I mean mm. we had preacher back in the day yeah i know <laughs> color pie clearly in flavor let's go yeah exactly well one of the things i like best about oba being the murderer is if you're gonna do cool weird magical things um tristani being a triune being uh three individuals who are one individual who are also connected to the world soul um do something cool with that and this is doing something cool with that. It's making the weird part that makes Tristani a unique character matter. Um, and I like when that happens. I, the whole the whole murder involves the, uh, I think I can get away with it because I'm only one third of a whole being, even though I'm my own thing also at the same time. Um and I'm connected to the world soul, which means I can see everything and be everywhere and make new mind control pollen that <laughs> nobody can identify. And just like, it's a great confluence of unique world building facets. And I think that's cool. We do have another story to talk about. Uh, we do. Episode 10, Roots of Decay, which is, uh, you know, we've pointed, you know, appointed our accusatory finger at the murderer the murderer has given their uh little here's why i did it speech uh now we have our little action sequence to end the whole damn thing um so while kellen is flying away with his fey magic kaya is freaking out because she's about to be splattered on the ground of v2 gazi like a pancake um and so she's and the world soul itself is preventing her from phasing through these vines that are grabbing at her and trying to crush her. Uh, so she calls upon the power of her spark and like sort of like planeswalker phases through it. Um, this is a very non-specific thing that is described that I'm not sure has happened in a magic thing before. It has spaces between the words, so I'm pretty sure it hasn't, yeah. <laughs> uh, please don't bring that up. Uh, 
so so Kaya escapes these graphs and is like the one person who's not being covered in roots at this moment. So like Ral is like completely grappled and like trying to shock his way out but failing. Uh Krenko's almost like entirely cocooned by roots against a wall. Uh nobody's having a good time. Uh and um this is this is when Kaya goes, damn, I don't want to have to kill Oba, but somebody's got to do something. And she calls upon the power of friendship. Um, and this is actually one of my favorite moments as uh, Shannon kind of walks us through the uh, friendships uh, that Kaya has built up over the last couple of years in the Phyrexia arc. Um, she thinks about Kaido and how, you know, Kaido would say that the easiest way to walk through a storm is between the raindrops. So she's like alternating, phasing through um, uh, roots and cutting them off. And then some of the cut branches have like ghostly versions, which she is then like unfazing so that they go through her. Uh, And so she's like dodging and weaving, but also between dimensions like that. and uh, when Masalesnia finally catches her ankles again, uh, she remembers, you know, the way Koth and Tyvar and Hiri would commune with nature and speak to the ground itself. She was like, yeah, Nihiri talked to rocks and they literally talked back. So hold on a sec. I've been to Ravnica a bunch. This is like my second home. Maybe taking a moment and just saying, hey, Matsalesnia, you're the soul of this world. You have to care for everyone equally. Oba wants you to play favorites and start murdering people. That's kind of what Phyrexia was also doing. Don't let her control you in this way. Uh, And the the grips on her ankles loosen. Uh, And so she finds... Um, the the kind of caution tape, magical caution tape, the agency barriers, uh, and turns on one end and starts wrapping it around Oba to constrain her. Um, but they they can't function well uh, unless both sides are activated. And so the bleeding uh, Atrada, who was presumed dead. Uh, stands up and grabs the other end and starts helping Kaya uh, capture Oba. And out of the corner of Kaya's eye, she thinks she sees the ghost of Tessa uh, helping control the magical ward barrier. Um, But she doesn't dare look because she needs to stay focused. Um, And so she also like uses her ghost magic to use the phantom branches to wrap around Oba too. Um, and while this is happening, um, uh, Sim and Sass, the other, uh, Tristani dryads wake up, uh, and and they basically each touch one side of Oba's temples and knock her out. Um, fight's over, and so, uh, you know, Kaya goes about chopping everyone out of the roots, uh, Proft and Atrata have a fun little exchange, uh, where... Atrada basically says, hey, I'm your assistant now, whether you like it or not. And Proft is like, oh, I like it very much. Don't worry. Um, 
and everyone starts leaving. And Simon Sass mentioned that they have to commune with Mosselesnia to determine the fate of Tristani. Like, you know, we there's no precedent for any of this. So we're going to have to talk about things and that Amara will speak for the Selesnia until we figure out what to do. Uh, and Kaya panics because she hasn't seen Kellen and is like terrified she's going to find him splattered across <laughs> the front steps. Um, and, you know, has the moment where she's like, I've had so many damn friends die. Please, not another one. So uh, she opens the front door and nearly walks face first into him because Ezra told Kellen to wait behind. Um, and uh, Kellen's like, yeah, no, I'm OK. How are you? And Kaya's like, damn, kid, I'm not doing great. Uh, and she has like a complete emotional breakdown, uh, which is good vulnerability, Kaya. Good for you. Character growth. Has she had something traumatic happen recently? No. <laughs> Cut to a few days later at her best friend's funeral. Uh, <laughs> um, the pallbearers are marching Tasa's body uh, to the front of the cathedral, and uh, an organist is playing a song, and a voice next to her is like, hey, what is this song, by the way? And Kaija's just like, oh, I think it's this. And the voice is like, yeah, I always like this other song better. And she looks over, and it's Tasa's ghost. Um, I was about to say in the flesh, but like, in the ectoplasm. Um, and they have a nice little chat. Uh, you know, and she's like, Hey, I'm sorry I didn't like avenge your death and kill your murderer. And Tasa's like, Nah, that's fine. I'm Orshav. I'm gonna sue the pants off of her. Um, and basically recommits herself to running the guild and starting a new ghost council and is going to take all the Selesnian money she can legally get her hands on and maybe some that she legally can't because Tasa's going to Tasa. Uh, and then they share a ghost hug because when you're Kaya, you can hug ghosts. They're girl best friends, though. There's nothing gay about it. Promi. <laughs> and then Kaya shows up at the agency to say goodbye to Kellen uh, before heading off to Kaldheim to hang with Tybar because he wants her to go hunt a dire bear with him. She has no idea what that <laughs> means. Uh, and she has the most adorable moment where she's like, I'm kind of glad Tyvar and Kellen will never meet because they will try to idiotly out-hero each other and it will be insufferable. Um, and that is the end of the Murders at Karlov Manor story. Or is it? Or dun, is dun, it? Dun. Yeah, it's um, it is. Is it? They are part of the, the, the world. Uh, we we are going to have an epilogue story revealed, hopefully. Maybe if you guys like do a good enough a job. And yeah, we gotta AR solve this puzzle. <laughs> there's an ARG puzzle that involves some pre-release things. I don't know the whole deal. Uh, but the solution to all the ARG stuff. One one of the puzzle things is uh. Uh, a special epilogue story. So I don't know when we're... I assume we're going to talk about it whenever it gets revealed. I don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, we'll figure that out. I will say the Vorthos cast Discord is very good at solving puzzles. So once everything is laid out for us and we have all the material, I'm sure the people in our Discord will have it solved within like an hour. I, I feel like they're a little bit behind, I think. I thought I saw the Scryfall Discord had a thread ready um, dedicated to ARG nonsense. I I think there are 
multiple puzzles going on and there's supposedly one big puzzle that hints at the future of magic the gathering as a whole um which i think probably is the story itself but um interesting yeah i mean we've got our own uh arg channel going on and we've got um we were the ones who found the the secret to uncovering the uh mole god card and you know i'm just saying this discord's pretty good um they solved my little silly puzzle for a preview card within like five minutes. And I found out. <laughs> that, was, that was your bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have done better on that. Yeah. But uh, I um, I liked how the story ended. Uh, one thing also, Tasa like specifically tells Kaya to get out. Um, yeah. Because Tasa's like, yeah, it's not going to be real easy for me to like gain total control over this guild again if i'm a ghost and the former living guild master is here uh and also like you know taste is like just go you just need to you need to take a break um so kaya's not just leaving because she's really excited to go hunt a dire bear she's also like leaving because Tesa was like you need to take a vacation from the orzhov for a little while um, and from this plane <laughs> god i think yeah. I think everybody needs a break from Ravnica <laughs> after basically every visit to the plane, to be fair. Yep. This is like, well, no, there's no point in sticking around here for all this. Um, Judith. Judith's body is gone. I think she's probably yeah. dead for good and will never be seen again. Um, <laughs> uh, <so laughs> yeah, we, we forgot to mention during this that, like, at one point, Judith uh, just ran away. <laughs> Everyone uh, else was trying away? to fight Oba. Mass- Judith- Massacre Girl attacks yeah. Judith. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. we never see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody knows what happens. So, so. Judith is AFK. Agros Koss is still in a pit. <laughs> <laughs> we, we still have some threads that I assume will be pulled on. We, spoilers for anybody who, you know, didn't watch the big three year set plan reveal video, but Rakdos does seem to show up in Thunder Junction, which is the next setting that we're visiting. And so Rakdos probably isn't going to stay sleeping and might, you know, hop off plane, possibly with our boy Kellen, you know, because Kellen was also in that little crew. But yeah, we got some we got some loose threads going. I to say uh we we also have atrada saying you know lazav is dead and Proft going oh. yeah i don't believe that and <laughs> that then was... he straight up has a card in the set so <laughs> what's going on there who's lying to who what's happening behind the scenes the deep the 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 demir are always uh always trading on secrets and scandals and such so i yeah, think there's... there's there's no higher honor for a demir than to be presumed dead like that is that is <laughs> yeah everything they want. That's why I wanted Zadek back so 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 bad <laughs> at the beginning of this. I'm sad my Zadek versus Azor theory that I pitched at the beginning of this. I believe I posted it on Reddit and alluded to it in the earlier podcast episode. That did not pan out, unfortunately. Turns out, um, you know, maybe next time. Maybe <laughs> next time. Who knows. Maybe in the epilogue story, maybe it's a, you know, 20,000 word novella. Um, but here's the thing. This visit did the best job possible of 
in this story. I won't say the cards because I still have my grudge with the cards. In this story, it did the best job possible of basically mending together the past Ravnica sets and characters mm-hmm. into what was extremely compelling mystery that I don't think there was a consensus the day before the murder was revealed um, or the murderer was revealed. There wasn't a consensus that it's like, oh, it's 100% Oba. There were people who were still clinging to Azor theories. There were people who were still clinging to Lizov theories, um, Rakdos theories, and Judith trying to usurp Rakdos. We had a whole, whole spectrum of options. And so, and Izoni. I couldn't even get through this without mentioning Izoni. And <laughs> that was probably the dominant theory was that Izoni was possibly working with Lazav or some other Demir agent to like masquerade this whole thing and pretend to be innocent and a bystander. But it was, you know, a question mark until the very end. And the fact that we got like Tulsimir and not Ratshakta, you know, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) It, It gave us a lot of the Ravnica characters that people genuinely wanted to see back and put them in Uh a guild setting that was um, interesting, but not overwhelming with guild politics. So, Uh Yeah, I really appreciated the way that Shannon um, kept this a very condensed uh, murder mystery in the sense of because this is an entry in like a a very long fantasy IP that's existed for like 30 years, um, and Ravnica has been around for like 20 of that or something. I don't re- I don't recall exactly when Ravnica City of Guilds came out, but a- approximately 20 years. Um, there is a uh, lot. I think 19. I think it was 2005. Yeah, it's, it's close. Clarendon um, was three, which makes Kamigawa four. Yeah, which makes Ravnica City of Guilds the fall 2005 set. Yeah, but it's the the thing is, is that like it's such a big world with so many characters and like there were a lot of theories that were like, this is going to be Zadek. This is going to be, uh, where is Niv-Mizzet involved? Where is Azor? Where is Rat Shakta? Where are like all of these <laughs> characters that have been introduced and like people were expecting it. Uh, people were expecting Jace to be directly involved somewhere because Jace is this mysterious figure right now. Um, and I think that speaking of mysterious sort of figure, one of the other threads is who invaded Prof's mind yeah. and stole some information uh that's well, one of the other threads for the people keeping track of of loose threads for the future yeah and so there were like all these options where the story could have been like ballooned out it could have been like all right this isn't just a contained murder yeah. mystery this is mm-hmm. this is actually the setup for the return of jace or this is actually a, a story Oko. about or, or, Oko, Oko, or, or any of those things <laughs> And I really appreciate that, like, when the ending came, not only was like, oh, no, the killer is Oba, it is this character that you met earlier in the story, uh, who is also, like, you know, part of the the larger world of Ravnica, but was established five episodes prior. Uh, and then also, like, even when Atrada steps up and is like, Tessa was a hero, I was working with her with Demir agents and also communicating with Phyrexian ghosts so that she could talk to, you know, keep tabs on Phyrexian troops and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, Jace wasn't involved in that. Like everyone assumed Jace was involved, but here's Atrada saying pretty definitively that like that wasn't Jace. That was just Tessa acting as she did as she did with like, you know, some recently converted spirits and things like that who like 
he wasn't involved. And I like that. I like the fact that he wasn't involved. I like the fact that like Azor wasn't involved. I like the fact that, you know, Oko was not part of this story because of the fact that, hey, that means it's just a condensed Ravnica story. It's just Ravnica. I like that. And Kaya. Oh, and Kaya. Kaya. Kaya is part of Ravnica. Um, I know, you know, sorry, Tolvada, but like Kaya is Ravnica now. In the same way Jace is Ravnica where it's like, that is the default setting. And I think Boom kind of hammered that down in my mind, especially. (laughs) Uh So, yeah. But yeah, and Kellen was here, but, you know, Kellen fits in wherever he goes. Um, I love that little cinnamon roll. You could throw Kellen into a pit of vipers and he would walk out with like 17 new best snake friends. Uh, (laughs) Dude can make friends literally anywhere. I adore him. It's great. Yeah, I I just I love the story. The only thing that I I wish we'd gotten the glimpses of or like to plant the seeds of Shristani's involvement or like these random vignettes of why like mentions of the reasons for her anger right all of the conversations with zagana or um or tasa or like all those comp like if they had mentioned the those conversations in the story previously would have been really interesting to see one side of it and then revealing the sides where everyone else like hears about once they're counteracted in the at, at the conclusion but other than that i love the, the like i was totally not expecting the tristani turn even though it does harken back to the quiet men and the selesnia just being the bad guys all along <laughs> um well, the, the celestia are I mean, real creepy they really are we, <laughs> we we did at Tasa's murder have um, a note written in Phyrexian, so that that part was there. Yeah, I do agree though. There wasn't a lot for Nanafar and Zagana. We didn't really. We knew they had like a tense relationship, but there wasn't a lot of mention in the story prior to Oba's reveal that Zagana had been experimenting with the oil. We got a so. Krenko card, right, of him yeah. looting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's always a Krenko card of him looting. <laughs> <laughs> during during the invasion specifically so yeah i think they probably could have done one or two more cards worth maybe that would have pushed people over and they would have been able to solve it too easily but yeah i agree where it's like if we got vanifar and zagana um some kind well even just trustani observing them um or picking up clues to that they were experimenting on the oil that would have been fine but yeah, I think Shannon did a great job with the twist and the reasonings provided for their wrath, and uh, I did enjoy the story a lot. So, and I hope this isn't the last we see of Prof too. Prof is I adore. I was waiting. I was so excited for the story to come out so that everybody could read it and fall in love with Alquist Prof because what a freaking wonderful guy! In a story where we are reintroducing a lot of familiar faces. There's like one main new guy and he steals every moment he's in. He is delightful. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I do really like about this as a backdrop set is that we get to go back to Ravnica and do a bunch of Ravnica things, but we also get to focus less on Ravnica as a guild set with 10 guilds and we're going to treat them all equally in the set and in the narrative. And instead was... Here are most of the things from Ravnica. This is, you know, inextricably 
Ravnica. This can't be not Ravnica. You can't tell the story elsewhere. Um, but the setting is very much post-invasion Ravnica specifically, that we are picking up after this war, that that is still in the background of everything. And uh, having, you know, it's not just a, we're going back to Ravnica and we're on Ravnica again. And so that means we're doing Ravnica things instead of caring about anything else. And this very much got to care about the everything else without losing a sense of what Ravnica is. And I, and I think that all ha- was handled like really excellently. Yeah. I, I think that I want more Ravnica sets that are more like this. Uh, I, I, you know, I greatly enjoyed Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance. Of course, I'm a huge fan of the Return to Ravnica block. That was one of my favorite uh, points of magic. But like, I like going to Ravnica and just being able to like have a story on Ravnica without it having to be like the card set. The card set for this set is so cool and there's so much stuff in there and there's so much Ravnica flavor that I feel would have gotten lost if this was a guild set rather than a background set. Can I be honest and say that like the original Ravnica trilogy kind of felt like this and this felt like a perfected version of that where it was Mm -hmm. like you Mm -hmm. got a mystery it involves the guilds. It wasn't like you kind of got beat over the head a little bit with it during that first one. But this one kind of like perfected the formula because you already have the advantage of the audience knowing who the guilds are. These being a billion people's favorite commanders and characters. They yeah. have a general vibe of what's going on. And so you get to focus more on the interactions than introducing a billion new characters. Um, so yeah, maybe it's just going back to original Ravnica and I want more plane visits that are like this. That's hard to ask for because not every plane has has the most memorable characters of all time, but we can hope. Well, I, I, yeah, I, like this certainly feels like a Titan version of the Ravnica murder mystery because we don't have uh, an interlude middle novel where suddenly <laughs> the is it are hatching dragon eggs for some reason. And what does this have to do with anything else? Well, you have to understand there was only one dragon left on Ravnica. <laughs> Allegedly. That's right. If Mizzet made all the eggs. <laughs> and every time I see a dragon on Ravnica since then, I'm like, oh no. God. Well, they were all just lost in the dragon's maze, right? That's why it was called the dragon's maze. Uh-huh. In the set that had no dragons. D- yes, yeah, this is actually being the Sphinx's maze, apparently. A little bit after the fact that was revealed, but you know. I think it was the bailiff's maze. The, ba- the bailiff. <laughs> I'm ready for final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm i I'm uh, stopping myself before I make jokes aimed literally just at Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I've already got my final thought ready, so. Uh, then go ahead. You can start. My final thought is congratulations, wizards. You have made two feather cards that don't have anything to do with the character next oh i want i can you just give us a feather from the original ravnica trilogy like i don't care bound wing something i don't know what feathers doing targeting things and multiplying targets like this is this is the weird doubling down on the flavor translation fail it's like if you made um the one blue red ghoul color 
what's his Ludovic. name from Innistrad? Ludovic. Ludovic. It's like if you made the Ludovic card the second one, but it was just like pretty much the same as the first one that everybody was upset by. Like you can you can do something else. I, I promise you, you can put a different name on that and buy yourselves time to make a good feather card. But we want a good feather card. We get a good Agris cost card. We can have a good feather card. That's my final thought. Lorelai? Who's who's next? I don't have one ready. Oh, you can't, we're going wait, way out of order true. then. Hold on. No, no. I do have a final thought. Everyone, go play Signalis, please. I'm not quite f- finished with it. Every moment of Signalis is blowing my mind. Uh, it is one of the best game narratives seen in a long time it is some of the best use of theme and motif um it's surreal it is spooky it's extremely sapphic um my my best pitch on signalis is that it's survival horror mist for robosexual sapphics um <laughs> like any piece of media that uses the various Isle of the Dead paintings as a recurring visual motif, perfect, great. Every me, I I do the Leonardo DiCaprio point every time I see Isle of the Dead used in a piece of media because it's everywhere. Everyone loves to reference those paintings, uh, because humans are obsessed with death. But um, oh, it's great. Uh, it's I'm so normal about it. It's it's on my list of games that I'm normal about that I started playing last year, which was a good year for me being very normal about games. Oh, uh, fuck game company executives is is the second part of the final thought. I just I the layoffs keep happening and C level executives need to give their money to people who actually make their products game industry needs unions like this shit's ridiculous i hate working in this industry it drives me crazy anyway next final thought before i say very angry things that that was my literal final thought lorelei (laughs) corporate greed corporate greed is awful especially like crinko gouging people for supplies in times of crisis. What is this Krenko slander? I have heard Chris messaged me to let me know I needed to jump in. I did no such thing, okay? <laughs> we are finishing an episode. I said what I said. Krenko is a, should, should be arrested for crimes against Ravnica, for purposefully going after needed supplies for people's survival and then selling them back at a huge markup, a.k.a. price gouging. The same thing is happening in real life right now with corporate or corporations selling like basic things like food and like shelter and all these other things at an increased markup, knowing that people are accustomed to the prices from the pandemic and are now just leaving the prices as are, as is. Krinko deserves to be jailed, and so do these corporate overlords in the real world. I said what I said. I'm done. Krinko did nothing wrong. I'm going back on mute. <laughs> uh, my final thought is uh, that I was having an awful day today, and doing the podcast always makes my day better. So thank you, uh, fellow co-hosts, for 
making me have a better day after everything has just been awful. Just a rotten day. So, of course, being on a podcast with your friends is great. Everyone should do it, except it's a lot of podcasts out there already. So, like, you know, (laughs) if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Just be ready for the fact. (laughs) But you should give money to ours. Uh, that's a way you can get on the podcast, apparently, because that's how I got on here. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's how you got on here, but <laughs> not directly. <laughs> um, you can go to patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. Is that the correct address? Yes, or is is it? The correct address. I always forget no, there's a correct. the in there or not. <laughs> um, and for uh, $1 a month, you can join our discord and for three dollars a month you can get into the live listens here where you can listen to us record live on thursday nights um do not forget we will be in chicago there will be a recording of us in chicago very very likely because we're on the main stage but we will um we're working on that panel we're all excited for it so we're gonna hop off here and hop right onto our planning call you all have a great night thank you all for listening this has been the Vorthos cast.